most of them offer some kind of a rebate and it's just going in again and, and researching and asking and finding the people within those utilities that know what it is and we ended up with four million dollars worth of projects that we did and we paid for about a quarter of that because there were so many free things available and rebates available. I'm Glennis Markison from Happy Co. Welcome to Voices, where we feature fresh perspectives in multifamily. The industry is now facing a fundamental shift in workplace dynamics, resident experience, and business operations. In season two of Voices, we'll feature multifamily leaders who are actively embracing change. Our guest today is Ray Schnabel, Director of Education and Sustainability for Maxis Properties, Inc., which oversees 13,000 units. Before serving as director of Maxis's new education development team, Ray helped the company implement over $4 million worth of utility cost and consumption savings initiatives at just 26% of the price due to incentive programs. Now she's helping Maxis rethink education through focus groups, in-house classes, and much more. Today on Voices, Ray will discuss how she's embraced change throughout her multifamily career accepting feedback from mentors, using technology to prioritize sustainability, and creating education programs from scratch. Thanks so much for joining us on Voices, Ray. And thank you, Glennis. Yeah, I mean, if we could just kind of kick it off, can you tell listeners about your career growth in multifamily, really the roles that led you to Maxis ultimately? I, uh, I indeed can. As, as many people who are in multifamily business, we kind of just stumble into multifamily, it seems. Um, I have a master's in education and taught for a couple of years. I was in sales and with several different companies, not because I got fired, but because I chose to change. And um, then I was a business owner for many years, and I was just tired of that and looking for a change and had a conversation with a gentleman who runs owns Maxis properties or started it and decided that I'd come down and kind of stumble through and see if I could find a place that uh, that I fit and we started in I was I was a novice in uh, computer literacy so I stumbled into there the first day and was working and was assigned to do some work on LIHTC which I was did not have a clue what that meant and through some guidance with my the lady who was at the time my boss and mentor, uh, she guided me through and put up with me so that I could learn a variety of different things that I needed to know, such as how to handle emails and Excel spreadsheets and what a LIHTC meant, and journeyed on down the road um, into doing some applications for low-income housing tax credits in a couple of different states and learn by trial. And I, I think that that's probably how most people learn, unfortunately, in the multifamily business. But that was kind of my start. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to learn by trial. But I, I know that I've heard that you have mentors at Maxis who really helped you find those strengths and find some weaknesses that could have used some additional training. So can you go into how that how that worked, how you accepted feedback, who gave it to you, kind of how that looked as you grew in your career at Maxis? I can. Almost everyone there gave me feedback. on How did you do? Why did you do it this way? And how did you do that? But, but there was one lady in particular who, as I said a minute ago, was my boss, and she was very aware that I was a novice in her arena and was very patient with me most of the time in letting me stumble through and figure out how to do something that needed to be done. And the fellow who initially hired me 
was also a mentor in the fact that he even gave me that opportunity and was always encouraging to find where my happy place was within the company and just move through it. And that's what I did. But but everybody, I mean, from accounting side to the other people that were involved in with residents and properties, were all very accommodating and happy to help educate where I where I needed it, which was everywhere at the beginning. <laughs> and then also, I mean, on your end, how did you ask for help? I mean, I'm curious both sides of this. Oh, I don't mind asking for help. <laughs> can you can you kind of explain why? I mean, some people do. Some people start a job and they're excited, but they're fearful, you know? I, I just don't, I don't know. That just isn't part of me. Um, if I don't know something, I'm going to ask. And I, I, as I was working through some of these low-income housing tax credit applications and talking to the people at the state level and not even sure what I was supposed to be asking. I know a lot of them thought I was just the biggest idiot that there was. And I acknowledge that going into it. (laughs) Uh, But you know, that's how you learn is by asking and trying. I love trying new things. And you just have to kind of do them and not be afraid to ask questions. People, people like to help other people most of the time, unless it becomes too much. But um, if you're gra- starting to grasp things, most people most people love to help other people. And I don't mind asking for that help. Never have. No, that's wonderful. I mean, that's why you're here, because you've been unafraid, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for other people to lead by your example. Um, and I'm curious, across your 10 years at Maxis, I mean, how did you start to change your tune about technology and appreciate the possibilities of software? Um, I- I think I started that at the very beginning because, as I said, I knew nothing, and so I started learning software programs and what benefits they could they could provide, and and I was also given an opportunity to reach out on my own, go to some conferences. I got to go to the NAA conference and RealPage conference, and the NAA conference I love because there's always new ideas, uh, new products, and new technology to look at, and my goal is always to come back with something that we can perhaps implement at, at our corporate level. And uh, sometimes I'm successful at that and sometimes I not. But I think that that's, that is, uh, and, and there was so much technology, the evolution of that has just been remarkable. I think when you, you start out, uh, I can remember having conversations with another fellow who, in the company who's also very eager to learn new things and try new things. And we started going to these talking to technology people back eight or nine years ago at these conferences. and that was all pretty foreign still in the multifamily business, or at least with our company at the time. And it was pretty innovative to, to, to look at these different packages and to bring them back and didn't get a lot of response. And of course, now with all the smart technology, that's a huge piece of our business. But, you know, it just evolves. and It's just fascinating to me, the products and, and thinking of how those can make our properties better properties for our residents or operationally, how it can save us money. Yeah, I mean, what kinds of things did you need to know when you were at these conferences? I'm curious about the questions that you you had in mind, being late, slightly unfamiliar with technology, but hopeful about it. I don't know. I just started going to the meetings and talking, you know, going up to a vendor that looked, a product that looked interesting and asking him questions and how do you use that and where would that fit? I always had somebody with me that was more familiar with the multifamily to see if it even made sense what I was looking at. But they were at NAA, so obviously it did make sense. And again, I think it's just starting to, to ask questions, one of the first projects that I did was with tax sales tax and utilities in most states are not taxable. And I had had familiarity with that particular piece when I was a business owner because the when we took the, bought the business, somebody came to our door and said, hey, are you paying sales tax on your utilities and had no idea and looked into it. We ended up getting a, a pretty substantial rebate back on that. So I 
I knew that. And when I was at one of the conferences, they were talking about sales tax. And I thought, well, I wonder if we're paying it. And I got back and talked to the to the owner at the time. And I said, are you paying sales tax? And wasn't really sure. So I looked into it. And we ended up getting about back about $120,000 over several different properties because we were not we didn't need to be paying sales tax the utilities typically are not going to tell you that you most of them and then you also you multiply that times every year that that savings and that becomes pretty monumental but that was the first place i started as far as a project went and then really got into some savings and interest in water and electric and savings and how those could happen as well yeah, I mean that's phenomenal that just some the right questions at the right time found $120,000 extra. I'm sure I'm sure that was met well, well received. <laughs> that was appreciated, yes. <laughs> so coming into, you know, speaking of electrical and utilities, I know that part of your passion and part of your role centers on sustainability. So I'm curious, can you talk about how technology plays into that workflow and really what you've learned about the possibility to kind of improve efficiency when you do work with technology that way? It's very substantial what you what you can save. The programs that are available through, and this really isn't the technology part of it, but just the the utilities themselves in major cities and where we are in in Missouri and, and Kansas City and Dallas and uh, some other locations at St. Louis, their electric utilities offered substantial rebates up to fifty percent on various projects several years ago. Now they've trimmed those down some, but. I, once you start looking into those and find out that they're available, LED lights, which we all know now, um, were just starting when to be introduced uh, in the multifamily when we started the first project that we did, which was, was a lighting retrofit with a 50% rebate from from our utility, electric utility. And it was pretty scary because it didn't know the technology and didn't really know uh, how it was really going to work, although I, we read and studied it. Uh, and we're told by people selling it what it would do, but it really worked out very well. And, and from that point on, just try going to every utility and at all the properties, and they all have, most of, we had 60 properties at the time, and we probably had 45 different just electric utilities. They're all different. And they, but they, all, most of them offer some kind of a rebate and it's just going in again and, and researching and asking and finding the people within those utilities that know what it is. And we ended up with, at $4 million worth of projects that we did at, at that time. And we paid for about a quarter of that because there were so many free things available and and rebates available. And, and it ranged over primarily electric oriented, but then we got into the water savings as well. And with um, the Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, refis that were available the last several years, we got into it in a major way, doing even more and larger uh, projects, savings of you know substantially more than that. But technology has become a huge piece of sustainability. Now, before it was the reporting piece of it that was difficult to do on the usage and the cost because there were not a lot of software packages that did that well. And went out and looked for, I was at another conference and uh, there were some companies there that electronically would pull your data from the utilities instead of having someone manually get the bills and manually enter that. And I was very intrigued with that. And we started a couple of different projects within that. And as this Fannie and Freddie started, one of the companies that I was working with was some of, some of my properties became a huge piece in that. 
because they, the, the companies, Fannie's and Freddie, their lenders knew of this company and they do a great job of reporting and uh, helping us step through the, the process of the refis. But the smart piece, smart technology piece of it, we're now implementing in a variety of different apartments, um, complexes, and that's the smart thermostat and water sensors and or leak detectors. And there's a variety of different programs and different things you can do in the smart arena. And they're very popular and, and kind of on the cutting edge now. And, Heaven only knows where all that's going to go, but it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, no, you're on the front lines of all of this. I mean, you're you're sure with inspections, is, do those help you in kind of dashboards, like the way that you actually know through metrics that this Absolutely. stuff is working well? Yes. And, and with, at, at each property where there's smart technology, there's there are dashboards that come in. Uh, we've also got a property that using a company that puts a meter on the meter, the water meter, and it can detect leaks. And I'm using that at a property who uh, has substantial leaks, has had in the past, and they will al immediately alert you if you are above a certain threshold that you've implemented it. And at one time, that property had a $30,000 water leak. <clears throat> and had we had this, this particular package, at that time, that would have saved us most of that money. So there, there are things to look at. And that's a dashboard program. Um, the program I'm using for the refis is, is dashboard uh, related. And, th and those are, are just a, it's, it's just an amazing thing to be able to have all of that information at your fingertips and and to understand and, and part of it is is helping uh, the properties understand how to use that because they're overwhelmed with the amount of software that they have to be uh, knowledgeable about and it software is only great if you can understand it and use it correctly so uh, that becomes a huge piece of it as well yeah, I mean, speaking of knowledgeable, this is a great transition into your role kind of shifting a bit to have an education focus. Um, so I'm wondering, I mean, why was Maxis interested in starting a new education program and what kind of goals were really guiding the idea from the beginning? We started talking about education uh, program about a year, maybe a little over a year ago. And we were really looked at it for a couple of things. One is how to reduce turnover, because that's a, that's a huge piece for all multifamily play, uh, companies. And it ranges across the board uh, as to what position is, is the turnovers in. And so we started looking at how, what's it costing us to do for the turnover every year? And what is it, what can we do to, to minimize that? And it seemed that one of the things that we were really not doing very well was education. And uh, we really threw people in and said, here you're, now you're an assistant manager, figure it out, or here you're a leasing agent, figure it out, or depending on, in most cases, the property manager. And their time is pretty valuable. They're running a property, they're responsible for a multi-million dollar property, and to have them also responsible for the education of all of the, the employees at the property, uh, seemed that there maybe was a better way to do that. So we we were really searching and, and decided that turnover was our real goal was to try to reduce that. And in and how do we do that? And that kind of developed into our education program and the focus on that. Yeah, and I understand, I mean, speaking of focus, that focus groups were really key to this process. And that's such an interesting, I mean, how did you set those up? Why did you feel like that was a real, real key element in the uh, in the initiative? Um, one of the other pieces in, in reducing turnover, we felt, was engaging our employees. If people, st studies will show you, people don't leave jobs just for money. Um, certainly that can be a prime motivator. But if they feel engaged, if they feel a part of something, 
if they feel knowledgeable, if they feel that there is a learning path that they have to grow within, that those are reasons for them to stay. But engagement was a huge piece of it. And as we started this, we did a survey, sent out an anonymous survey to our, all of our, our employees and asked them a variety of questions. And as a follow-up to that, then we were having a manager's meeting and where we gathered all the managers in once every two years, we bring them into Kansas City and do the same thing with the lead maintenance. And they just happened to be that particular time. So we thought, what a great opportunity to do a focus group and find out and do more follow-up on the questions that we had asked in the survey. And, and gosh, they were just invaluable. As a result of those, we came up with action steps from each one of those that also have guided us in our education program is, what is it they're asking for? What do they need? What do they want? And we're trying to work our education program also around those. So they were invaluable. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to do another set of those. Oh, great. Refining it even further. Yeah, we do those. What we're doing is doing them by position so that all leasing agents are on the same or we'll break it up into a couple of groups, but are all talking on the call. So it's not like there's a manager listening to them or uh, that they're, they're talking to their peers. And that's another piece of this is the engagement is we want the peers to become, to know each other because there's nothing, uh, there's nothing, there's a great benefit in having someone on your own at your own level of, of work uh, to communicate with and to talk with and bounce things off of. And we want to encourage that. So that's why we're doing those by by position. Yeah. And what did, what did you find employees wanted most? I mean, was that consistent at all across department? It was. It was pretty amazing, actually. We didn't expect to find that. But uh, they all wanted education. It didn't make any difference what their position was. They all wanted more training. Um, now we call it education. But they all wanted more of that. Some of them were wanted food, <laughs> wanted, <laughs> wanted uh, free food, I assume. Free food, yes. Lunches, <laughs> dinners, snacks. Our maintenance guys really liked those ideas. They all wanted some sort of recognition, a, a vehicle to be recognized, not just intercompany, but they also wanted to be recognized on their own property when something was that they had done was was completed well or they did had done a good job. They wanted the ability to share and a place to go to have communication at, from the corporate level so that we were not expecting a manager to pass on all the information, which as we know, anybody that does is responsible that always leaves something out or doesn't do it exactly the same way as the message started. So those were probably our biggest, and as a result of the communication piece, we started Maxis Central, which is our, our corporate communication piece, and it, it launched, I think in March or April also, so right around the same time we we launched the education department. But I, but we were amazed because th those were pretty common themes for every one of the positions. Um, it makes it a little easier when it's that way. And we were kind of surprised that it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to turn all this great question asking, which it sounds like has really driven your whole career. I mean, to find the right answers. Once you found the answers and you were thinking about creating these training courses, can you talk about how that played out? And if COVID, the circumstances around it, if that made it difficult, you know, just to launch these courses, just kind of how you turned these action steps into courses would be great to hear. The education part of it, what that they all wanted was a, was a great thing to find since we were really trying to push this education department. And those were done, those focus groups actually before we formed the education, but it was a great impetus for us to go in again to push development of an education department because people wanted it. And so what we have, we, there's three of us now on this team and 
brought in because I don't have product knowledge and I have not worked on a property. So brought in uh, two ladies that know, do both things. They're, one of them is a great communicator. They're both great communicators. But one of them focuses on this Maxis Central and is also doing education in, in actual training classes. And the other one has a great grasp of technology, which as you can tell from previous answers, I don't. Um, and she's also worked on property at a variety of different levels. So she has the property, knows the property very well. So it's, it's a great group. And we all bring out something a little different to the table. But we decided after many, many, many discussions of how we were going to do this, we wanted to start with product training and new hires. And we didn't realize at the time we started that that would be what we were doing because we had some grandiose goals and we still do as far as how we want this training program to really look or education program. But we started having so many employees that we needed to train that that's what we ended up doing the first three or four months of, of this department was doing product training. And we're doing all those live and COVID started, we started about March 13th, our department officially, and COVID hit us at the office on March 18th. So prior to COVID, we had planned to bring as part of the onboarding process, all new employees into our corporate office. And that obviously with COVID did not and could not happen. So we said, okay, well then we're gonna to have to do all this virtually, which scared me to death because I had, didn't know how to do that. So we said, okay, if we're going to do that, then all of the properties have to have cameras, which they didn't have, or access to a camera through their computer, which they didn't have. So we started doing that. We got cameras for every one of the properties, and you couldn't get them at the time because they were all sold out. So we waited for that, but we started developing live that Kristen and, and uh, Jessica do all of the training. That's not true. Alex does a lot of it too. Three of us, three of them do that. And we just started setting up times and tried to get as many new employees if they came on board. We did a welcome uh, about Max's history and wanted them to be, again, engaged that this is a company, it's a family, we're all in this together, we have history. We didn't just want them walking in their property and going out and starting to do their job. And that, that's a huge piece for us is the beginning piece. So we just started doing it and it's just grown and we're, we've got, our properties have about, 13 software programs that they have to learn and not everyone on site is responsible for all of them, but that's how many are on site that we really need to educate to. So we started doing it and uh, we would have as many as four or five live trainings a day for multiple people and new hires. And now we're doing refresher courses for people who have been in like uh, a happy code would be a good example. We've, all of our properties use HappyCo, and we now are doing HappyCo refreshers for people, maintenance techs who have been on site, maybe just need a refresher on what, what they're doing because there's so many pieces to most of these software so that they're running them the most efficiently and that they're comfortable using them. And I think those are comfort with using them is key for them to become efficient and proficient with those products. So it's, it's just growing. And now we, we're working on a, uh, with a product that we're going to, uh, hopefully introduce after the first of the year that is going to record a place where we can uh, do all of our live training from they can register in it we'll have transcript of what they're doing because another piece of the education was to do accountability and if if we're going to hold people accountable for jobs that they're doing and we want them to become proficient at it we have to we have to measure that some way and hold them accountable for those and they have to know those expectations and what those criteria are 
so that then their managers or the people that they report to have some tools, better tools maybe to evaluate performance or, or better yet is to recommend to them that they need some focus on something else and get a hold of the education department and say, hey, can you also do this? And, and we're, we're going to be branching out once we get this whole put together into soft skills as well as product skills because products are, are hugely important to the properties. They have to have those to function. They have to know how to do them and efficiently do them. And that takes a lot of work to do that experience on their part. But there's so many soft skills, emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, mentor that we want to get into so that we develop learning paths for them. So if a, a leasing agent wants to become assistant manager, they will have very defined courses or steps that they need to take. Those could be live courses or they could be webinars or whatever that they've got to take in order to tell their manager, I'm ready, or their regional, I'm ready to be an assistant manager because I've done all of these other steps. So, I mean, we've got a long ways to go. We're only six months into it and we, we have a long way to go, but I think we're headed in the right direction. Definitely. And it sounds like that must be so refreshing for have someone to see the ladder of their own growth, you know, to have these concrete expectations and really feel they have the agency, I'm sure, to meet them. I, I think they will. It's It's been uh, interesting so far. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And just in the last couple of minutes, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about the way you've already maybe started to see work culture improve at Maxis and, and just maybe something that's been the most rewarding for you to see on that front, whether it's been with one of your collaborators and the the team or on the um, participant level? And, and it's been in both. Um, I love to watch people grow in an area that they're in. Um, that's that's fun for me. And to watch some of the, the initial leasing agents that we've had, and they've taken the courses that, that we, product courses, and they've also taken a communication class or a, a closing class, and watch them perform afterwards and perform by getting leases has been really remarkable. And we're getting great feedback from everyone who's participated in them that, I mean, if it's a refresher class or it's a new one that they're learning and we're, and they know that they have a resource where they can come back and ask questions. So we're developing that that uh, camaraderie, again, that's so important, I think, for within a company. We had one manager that I followed up with and follow up as a key to education as well. After we had done the training is to, and we're, making calls to those people who are training to say, what what is it that worked? What didn't work? What would you like to see? And and the manager said, the education was just a blessing. I don't, I don't know how I would have done and know as much as I know, there's no way unless I had had that. So that, that feels great. But more importantly, it's going to feel great a couple of years when we have more and more people who are have grasped that and come in and they're comfortable in their roles in maybe six months when before maybe it would take two years for them really to be comfortable and efficient and want to be a part of what we're doing. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. I mean, doesn't it sound like your favorite thing, which is asking questions, is really making all of this happen? <laughs> In part, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I guess. I don't know that I've looked at it that way, but it, I do ask a lot of questions. It, it's just really been fun. It's it's fun group to work with. The, the, the three people that I work with directly um, are, are great. They've got lots of great ideas. Um, and I, I think the best is certainly yet to come. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so much for being on Voices, Ray, and for sharing all of this with us. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Glennis. Did a nice job. If you'd like to hear from other voices in multifamily or learn how to share your voice, head to voices.happy.co. You can find Voices on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. 
Voices is produced by HappyCo, the leading real-time property operations platform for multifamily and student housing. We're on a mission to elevate property management to community management, prioritizing staff and resident well-being. That starts by listening to you, the voices of multifamily. I'm Glennis Markison. Thanks for listening. Also, feel free to take a minute and rate or review this podcast. That will help us share the voices of multifamily. Thank you.